I will not boast in anything. No power, no gifts, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. So um, it's just great to be here. I'm overjoyed. I'm elated. I, I just, I say this a lot, but I mean it even more. There is nothing greater than getting to share the word of God with your friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to look out and see you guys tonight and anytime. Anytime I get to fellowship with you guys, any it's just such a blessing. Now, I will say this. Uh, for the last week and a half, I've been preparing to teach Daniel chapter 10. Now, this may not work out <laughs> the way I think, but the Lord has taken me back to something that I, got, I had a chance to, to speak on before, and that is Psalm 115. Uh, so I'm stepping out uh, as our sister was singing. Uh, the words that she said was, teach Teach us, oh boy, I can't even read it. Excuse me. Teach us, Lord, full obedience. And as I was thinking about that, uh, for the last few days, there's been a lot of talk about obedience. And one of my brothers in Christ mentioned that obedience is better than sacrifice. And he had proof of it. Not only did he show me the words, he showed me exactly the context of those words. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And sometimes it costs us something to be obedient. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to dig into this and, and just see, see what the Lord does with it. Um, Father, we just, uh, again, just give you thanks for uh, the fact that we get to share your word with our sisters and brothers in Christ, the church body, the body of Christ. And I pray, Father, that, as always, that your word will be rightly divided and that hearts and ears would be open to hear what you have to say. Looking through the old vessel, Father, and just focusing on your word and how this vessel is being used by you tonight. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, for hanging with us. We thank you for uh, just uh, being a God who loves us no matter what. So I thank you for what you've done already. And I know you want to do so much more. And I pray, Father, that we will be open, that we would allow you to guide every step of our lives, every beat of our heart, Father. We know that you tell us that you're the author and finish, author and finish of, a, of, of everything that we do, everything that we are. And I pray, Father, that we would put ourselves aside and allow you to use us up. So again, thank you for what you've done 
and we look forward with anticipation to what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't pray uh, for at least two people tonight that are on my heart heavily. You may not know them, but it doesn't matter. The Lord knows. One of those names is Allison. And the other one is Janet. So, so many, there's trials that are going on in their life, as with all of us. And the Lord has put on my heart to pray with my sisters and brothers concerning them. So, Lord, we just pray now that uh, our sisters would come to know you as their Lord and Savior, if they don't already. And that their hearts will be open to receive, uh, be able to see everything that you're doing, Father. Not looking at how you're punishing them. Not looking at, about, at how you're sending them through trials. But the fact that you're testing, Father. And not just for them, but the people around them. Uh, too often we make the, the, the person who's sick or ailing the central figure. But we know that we have a God who will use that to his end. So I thank you, Father, that all who know about these things, all who are affected by these circumstances, we acknowledge you and know that you're working, Father, in these things. And it's not just the poor victim, Father. It's the people that you want to reach. So I pray for hearts to be changed in this situation, Father. And for those here tonight who are going through some things, and we all are, I pray that you would show yourself, Father that you would encourage them as only you can through the Holy Spirit. Make them know that they know that they know that you are that great physician. And you have the ability to touch and heal. You have a heart to touch and heal, Father. And there's nothing better than someone who cares about us. So we give you praise and honor now for all that you are. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's turn our books, our Bibles, and uh, turn our apps to Psalm 115, please. Psalm 115. And uh, I've titled this uh, Idols and the trustworthiness of, trustworthiness of God. Trusting in God. So who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust those idols that we've made? Are you going to trust God? Verse 1, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. Because of your mercy, because of your truth, why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. These idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So, if, is, everyone, so is everyone who trusts in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in, your, in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. 
He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. The dead don't praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And before we go into this, there's just one verse, uh, uh, Psalm 121, that I'd like to add before we start to dig in. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve you. You're going out and you're coming in from this day forth and even forevermore. And what I see in this, in, in the thing that I know that the Holy Spirit wants me to learn, first of all, obedience. Um, we, most of us, have traveled a long road, and we're used to making our way. Some of us consider ourselves self-made men, self-made women. So we depend on ourselves. We can resolve this. We can fix this. And as a result of fixing that, we put something else in place of where the Lord should be in our hearts, in our lives. And some of you have heard me say this before, but it bears repeating. No matter what idol you have created in your life, the Lord will tear it down. The word says, I will have no other God before me. And so... Uh, one of the things that I get to see is people who think that the family unit is top of the heap. And granted, I have to be very careful with this. I don't want to uh, confuse anybody by thinking that your family is not that important. But some of us get to the point where we consider the family our God. We base everything around that family. And sometimes that can take us away from honoring the Lord, praising the Lord, exalting the Lord the way we should. So just bear in mind that no matter what it is, family, friends, a confidant, a sister or brother in Christ, uh, even the, the, the physical things, houses, cars, and God forbid, money, And just to caution us that he would tear it down. And he's come very close to giving us a real indication of what that could be like during the COVID era. All the things that we depended on. All the things that, you know, whether it be financial or friends or family, he even put us in a position where we were not comfortable fellowshipping with our families. Some people just stopped doing it. Some didn't. God bless them. But it's just that, just to 
think about the things that we've made idols. And everyone in this room, everyone in pixel land has made something else their idol. Everyone. There's no exception. So when, when he talks about this, when he talks about uh, things that are, think about uh, what we just read. They, uh, these idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hand. We create those things. We create those circumstances. We create those situations. And these idols that we create, they have mouths, but they do not speak. Do you want to continue to worship a God who doesn't speak to you? Do you want to continue to work a God that doesn't speak in you? There's a danger to that because if your God is not making those decisions about what, when, where, who, why, that means you are. And that can be very dangerous. Very dangerous. Because now it's up to you to decide which way you're going to go. They have ears, they have eyes, they have noses, they have hands, they have feet, but they don't speak. And then, as, as again, through that song, speak, O Lord, speak, O Lord. Those idols don't speak to you. They, don't, they may encourage you, but it's a fleshly encouragement. We want, we need to be encouraged with the Holy Spirit. And that's the only way. So when you create that idol, there is no spirit in it. You're feeding that idol. The idol's not feeding you. You're worshiping that idol and you're getting nothing back except a visual. Maybe a good feeling. This idol makes you feel happy. But happiness is fleeting. What you want, you want a God, a Holy Spirit that can give you Joy. Joy is not fleeting. Happiness is fleeting. So we want that, I, that, that God, we want a God, and that man-made idol is just not going to do it. So, again, be careful what we set on that mantle. You and I have a tendency to even change. Our God may be okay for a season, and now we want a different God because we're not receiving enough from that. Idols, it's dangerous, very dangerous. Who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust that idol to come through when you really need them? The people that we just prayed for who are dealing with relatives and friends who are going through trials right now. And even sisters and brothers in this room who are going through trials. The tendency is, where is that God? As he said here. So where is their God? Why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? You're going to get to the point where that idol is not going to be enough for you. And so you either got to, big, you got to build a different and perhaps a bigger idol. But the end game is still going to be the same. We need to trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Need to. Not an option. If you want true joy in your life, if you want true fulfillment in your life, we need to accept Jesus Christ. You need to have a personal relationship. And there's so many of us who 
have a relationship through osmosis where my mother was a Christian, my dad's a Christian, so I'm in. No, you're not. It has to be personal. It has to be you and Jesus, mano a mano. Has to be. There is no option, guys. There's no alternative to that. You must. You must. And in order to do that, as the word says, you must be born again. And you would be surprised if you were to ask some of the people, people who sit here on Sunday mornings, are you born again? What does that mean? Do you know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior? Well, I know him as my Lord, but not my Savior. Yeah, I know him as my Savior, but not my Lord. And uh, it's got to be all in all or not at all. Because you have to know that you have a relationship with him. Are you going to heaven? Well, I'm not really sure. That's a definite no. It doesn't mean no that you're not going to heaven. It means that you don't know that you're going to heaven. You've got to know. If you have that relationship with him, he gives you that blessed assurance that you're going to go home with him. You're going to come home with him. He gives you that. He gives us that. And the reason why this has, I know the reason why I put it on my heart because I'm in a, a, a situation right now where so many things are, are moving so fast. So many things are, are out of order according to what the word of God teaches us. And being subjected to that, you got to be, you got to be, you got to be in the spirit. If you allow yourself to be in that environment, in the flesh, you're already destroyed. Already. And again, this is not about gloom and doom. Uh, the Lord talks about hope way more than he talks about hopeless. It's just that we need to understand that whatever he's doing is for a purpose. Well, our daughter's sick. Our daughter's going through trials. Our daughter's having minor, uh, uh, minor afflictions. Our son is gone wayward. He's doing it for a reason. Is it just for your son or is it for the family? There's someone in your family who needs to be tested. Are you with me? Are you for me or against me? And these tests are going to confirm where we are. Are you trusting me? Well, sort of. There's no such thing as that. There's no such thing as sort of trusting the Lord. Do you trust me? Sometimes. There's no such thing as sometimes trust. Either you trust the Lord or you don't. Do you trust him enough to say, I surrender all and mean it? Wasn't easy to even say it because you knew that you were lying to yourself. Lord, I surrender all. No, you don't. You don't surrender all. You've got idols in your home. You've got idols in your man cave. You've got idols in your girl's den. You've got idols. How can you say you trust me? If you trusted me, then you would have no desire for that. You would have no need of idols. You would have no need of other gods before me. Lord, it's difficult. He knows that. As long as we're wrapped in flesh, things are going to be difficult. 
because we want to appease the flesh. I want to satisfy this old mass. I do. But there's consequences to that. Anytime I try and make things go my way without following the Holy Spirit, it never turns out good. I was going to say most of the time it doesn't, but I'm going to say it never turns out good. So when I construct idols that I put before the Lord, he lets me know. And, and be careful because we talked about this before about sometimes when he will allow, the Lord will allow some things to go on in your life. And you get to the point and now you're comfortable with that. The Lord must be okay because it didn't stop it. The Lord must be okay with me doing this or saying that or going here or going there because he hasn't done anything to stop it. Be careful. Be careful. Uh, we talk about this thing called free will. And he will allow that. He will allow you to go your way. Just be prepared. There are consequences. We've done things to ourselves physically. We've done things to ourselves financially. We've done things to ourselves mentally. And now we're suffering the consequences of that. Not so good. If I knew then what I know now, he knew then what you know now. And he was teaching you then what you didn't know then, but you know now. We had ears, but we didn't listen. We had ears, but we couldn't hear. We have ears, but we chose to go our own way. And now those things are come to fruition. Those things are manifesting themselves in how we live. Those, those things are manifesting themselves of how we think. Those things are manifesting themselves as how we relate or don't relate to our sisters and brothers in Christ. When we get fixed on ourselves, the Lord will come in and rearrange that mindset to show you a better way. Everybody that's sitting here right now, he's delivered from something. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here. There's something that, you, that we were doing or saying or allowing to come into our lives, our ear gates, our eye gates, that were not in our best interest. Okay, I'm going to take you out of this. I'm going to take you out of alcohol. I'm going to take you out of drugs. I'm going to take you out of anger. I'm going to take you out of this desire for fornication. I'm going to take you out of it. And now we're thankful. I pray that we're thankful. And we're all, in, we're all different. We're all individuals about what he brought us from. I just want us to think on what it was. I could never give up this. I just can't. I've tried. Think about what that is. And he took it out of you. And now you're moving on. But there's consequences for living the way that we lived. There's consequences for talking the way that we talk. Because some people don't forget. When you're angry, when that anger shows, when that anger manifests itself to others, people don't often forget about that. So your label, 
I don't talk to him because he has anger issues. I don't talk to her because she repeats everything that she hears. These are things that we develop, we allow to develop in our lives. And these are things that the Lord has to work out of us. What has he worked out of you? You know, some of us confess to having a filthy mouth when we were younger. Praise the Lord that he worked it out of them. Some of, the, some of us abuse ourselves with drugs when we were younger. He worked it out of us. Some of us abuse ourselves with alcohol. We had a lot of friends. Some of us abuse ourselves with extramarital relationships. He worked that out of us. And he's still working it out. Now he's saying, okay, now that we've taken care of this, next. Because there's something else that's there. We're being purified. And now that that dross from that issue has been brought up to the top, it's still boiling, still cooking. What's next? That next level of dross. Are we ever going to reach perfection? Not on this side. But we can continue to aim for that mark. We can continue to, to be, to, Lord willing, become more mature in him. And I, I just want us to think about what it is that's separating us from just totally devoting our lives to him. It's personal. Nobody needs to know. He knows. What is it that stands between us and, a, and an undefiled relationship with Jesus Christ? I can answer for Richard. At least I think I can. But every time I think I got it right, he says, hey, go back and read Jeremiah again. Do you realize your heart is deceitfully wicked? Do you know what you're capable of? Well, I think I do. No, you don't. You don't know what you're capable of. I would never do what he does. Bro, yeah, you're capable. I would never say what she says. I would never use that kind of language. Yeah, you're capable. I would never, never go here. I would never go there. Who can know? Who can know your heart? Who can know? So just think on those things. Think on what it is. Think of anything that you've set up in your life right now, today, tonight, that can be considered an idol in the eyes of God. For some of us, it's not a very pleasant thought, but it's something that we need to think about. And, and this is not to... to um, to cause anyone to be discouraged, not at all. It's just that to make us aware, to cause us to think about it, because we don't. This thing has just become a natural part of my life. And it is, it's natural. But we want to live in the supernatural. We want to live being controlled by the Holy Spirit. We want to live in the, to a point where we're experiencing true joy. And it's okay to say I'm happy, but it's even better to say that I'm full of joy. I'm joy-filled. I'm Christ-filled. I'm spirit-filled. 
And, you know, go back to our, our friend Daniel for those who were sitting through part of it. Spirit fill, and God just used him accordingly. And he will use you. He is using you right now. Everyone in this room, uh, I know some of us say, well, I've never led anybody to the Lord. How do you know? How do you know that? Well, my friend uh, ministered to five people and they all got saved. That's never happened to me before. How do you know? And as I told the guys, uh, they're going to see your lives before they hear your words. So you don't know. Somebody was struggling. I just want to see what it looks like to be a Christian. Oh, look at this guy. Wow. I think he's saved. I think he, I think he knows Jesus Christ. So maybe I can emulate what he's doing. And maybe, and all of a sudden now, they want to draw closer to you. And people are watching. Always watching. And they're saying, you know what? He or she has something going on. I want to I find out what it is. So, brother, make, what makes you different from all these other guys? How come you don't hang around? How come you don't do this or do that? My sister, I, you know, I hear your, your friends talk about these things or talk about whoever's not there. But you don't. What is it that drives you? What is it that motivates you? It's the love of God. I read the word of God and I say, Lord, I want a heart like you. And now, if you say that with blessed assurance, if you say that with certainty, and you continue to read, it develops. So when you say you've never led anybody to Christ, you can't know that. You can't. And granted, we do get discouraged, especially with family. Well, I've been ministered to my brother for, you know, 18 weeks, and he hasn't received Christ yet. Don't stop praying. Don't stop encouraging. Don't stop uh, uh, allow him or her to continue to see the Holy Spirit working in you. And that's all you need to do. You know, he's not taking a tally. Well, this person led five people to Christ. This person hasn't left, left, led any. Because he knows that. So let's, let's not get hung up on how many people we led to Christ. Just keep on working. Working in a spiritual sense. Keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on showing yourself faithful. Keep on showing you, you, the fact that you are, as I said today to a friend, dedicated to the cause. And that's really what it comes down to. Dedicated to the cause. It's so important for us to do that. And, and just words of encouragement to don't ever give up. Even as we sit here tonight, someone somewhere is praying for all of us right now. You don't know who it is. You don't know where they are. You don't even know why they're doing it except they have a love for us, a Christ love for us. So just for family and friends, as this season approaches, we're going to get a chance to be around people that we wouldn't normally be around. We're going to get to be around people that do things that we don't really care for. You know, if you 
or teetotaler, you're going to be around people who drink. If you're not a foodie, you're going to be around people who are gluttons. They just stuff themselves and boast about it. If you're not a gossiper, you're going to be around people who are going to talk about whoever's in the bathroom right now. If you are a person that has a filthy mouth, you're going to hear the standard language that we use right now. A lot. You're going to hear that. Are you prepared to be able to deal with these things? Are you prepared to say that I'm going to be different? I'm not going to allow them to drag me. Hey, i got a joke for you. Come over here. Are you okay saying, I'm okay. I, I can probably get through the rest of the day without hearing that joke. Are you okay with saying, I'm not going to get into an eating contest with my brother. Are you okay with that? Are you comfortable saying that? Are you okay with the fact that there's someone there that you don't especially care for? but yet and still you're going to continue to love on them. Are you ready for that? Can you do that? Will you do that? Will you continue to show love in spite of the fact that you're not feeling it right now? Are you willing to show the love of Christ even through those trials? And they, they are considered trials in some cases. So, you know, I heard the term dysfunctional family. I've been around for a while, and I haven't met a family yet that wasn't dysfunctional. Not yet. It may happen, but, you know, and I thought, well, I look closer at mine. Maybe we're functional. Far from it. Far from it. So it's just that when I think of this, I know I'm not alone in this. I know that you guys are subjected to the same thing. Same thing. So when we get to be among these friends, can we be loving? Can we continue to allow them to see the love of Christ, the heart of Christ in us? Again, some of us may find it very difficult. You know, we may fall into, well, everybody else is doing it, so I may as well, I may as well have some fun is it really fun? Well, brother, you know, I, in my family, I do it just to keep the peace. Ask yourself the question. Whose peace am I keeping? If you're uncomfortable with this, then you're not keeping the peace that's in you. You're trying to appease others. And there's a word that the Bible Words that the Bible uses to describe that is called being a man pleaser. Very dangerous because where do you draw the line when you're a man pleaser? Where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? And it has to come down to your personal decision. At what point are you going to sacrifice? At what point do you continue to compromise? What's the Lord showing you? Well, how do I know what the Lord wants from me?
Right there, folks. Right there. Every situation, and not only that, but he's gone through to give us certain, I use the word, characters of the Bible. Oh, you got a heart like Samson, don't you? You got a heart like David. You got a heart like Ruth. You got a heart like Esther. So I'm going to give you that as an example. Well, you know, they all messed up. All right, I'll tell you what. Go back and he- read Hebrews 11 and get back to me. What do you think? All of a sudden, all the messing up that they did, where'd it go? They're forgiven. We're forgiven. Because I love you, east and west. Because I love you. But Lord, if you love me, which is something that we get to hear, why do you put me through these trials? Why do you tempt me? Did I really tempt you, my child? Show me where it says that the Lord tempted anybody. He might have tested. You might have been subjected to trials. But did he really tempt you? And I can tell you where the temptation comes from, but I would prefer that you study for yourself to get an idea. Go back and see what it says about that. Anytime it uses the word temptation, the reference is to this. He doesn't, but he gives us opportunities to show whether we trust him or not. He gives us opportunities to continue to look through the hill, to the hills from where comes our help. Where does your help come from? Well, brother, I take vitamins. No, that's not it. Well, I work out. I eat right. Is that it? Is that where your help comes from? I do these things. I do those things. So that's why, you know, I'm in such great help. Health. No, guys, no, ladies. Your help comes from the Lord. Know that, know that, know that. That's it. And so when we see these things, when we see ourselves building up these idols, these things that only appease the flesh. then we need to continue to pray or begin to pray if that's the case. Begin to pray. Oh, Lord, help me to take this out of my life and replace it with you, a heart for you. Lord, help me to study your word more. Lord, help me to be the person that you want me to be. Guilty. Too often when things aren't going my way, I asked the Lord to change them. Recently, very recent, within the last few weeks, the Lord has confirmed that I'm not going to change them. I'm going to change you. Did I like it, you ask? No, I didn't. Because I'm good. Well, wait a minute, Richard. You sure? Well, come on. I mean, after all. 
No, brother, you're not. Read what does my word says. There are some good. There are most good. There are none good. And that includes you, my friend. Well, okay, but Lord, you don't you don't really understand, you know, how this person, you know, I got this thing that says button, do not push. So what do they do? They just walk up and go, bink. Okay. Now I just lost my religion. Shouldn't be that easy. So he's saying, I want to change you. I want to change, uh, you know, just the way you react to people. Because right now, brother, you're being selfish. You're making yourself the example of how it should be. Is that fair? Well, not really, but at least I'm better than they are. Explain that one to me, would you please? Well, I don't do all the things that they do. Oh, so you are making a decision that makes you better than them? Well, see, Lord, you don't understand. Richard, think about who you're talking to now. Grab a hold of who you're talking to. Lord, you don't understand. So he says, I want to change you. I'm not going to change the circumstances. I'm not going to change that person. I'm going to change you. And he's doing it. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge. My flesh is rising up. How dare him do that to you? You know. Don't let it happen, man. You got to be yourself. You got to be you. Do I have to be me? Can I just be an extension of the Lord? Can we just be an extension of the Lord? Can we just have a heart like God? Can we just be spirit-filled like Daniel? Can we just be dedicated like David? Can we be faithful like Ruth? Can we be committed to others as opposed to ourselves like Esther? Are we going to trust that all these people are going to do the right thing at all times? The answer is no. Just like us, they're created beings. They have a tendency to do good. We have a tendency to do bad. And the Lord knows it. He has convinced me that so far, I've never done anything that surprised him. He always seems to know ahead of time I'm going to react in every situation. And sometimes I'm really concerned about that because, you know, I, I will do things and I'll try and hide them. Who's going to know? Look up. Who's going to know? They'll never know. I'm, I'm so smart. I'm so wise. Nobody will ever catch on to this trick. And 10 out of 10 times, that hasn't been the case. He's known. He's well aware. 
He knows what I'm going to say. He knows who I'm going to say it to, why I say it, when I say it. And he catches me. So there are times when, when I stand here, I have to be so careful that I'm not pointing out at you guys. So careful. When I think about terms like uh, even the elect, if possible, when I think of words like that, Richard, you are you're no different than anybody that you're pointing at or looking at. You're no different in that respect. You are capable of being a bigger sinner as anybody that you know. Chiefs of sinners, you want to challenge Paul on that one? Apostle Paul, you want to challenge him? Who's the chiefs of sinners? Not saying that I'm out doing things that don't honor the Lord, but the perfection is not there. I haven't achieved it. And just reading his word, it convinced me that I never could. Just reminded me that there were more than Ten Commandments. But he, he narrowed those down just for us. So how are we doing with those ten? Not so good. All right, let's eliminate these eight. Let's just do the top two. How are we doing, guys? How are we doing with that? those two? Love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your heart, all your might. We doing it? Okay. Love your neighbor. Ooh, ooh, boy. That's a tough one. Who's my neighbor? Well, anybody you see, that's your neighbor. Even that guy? Yeah, that's your neighbor. Are you asking me to minister to him? Are you asking me to minister to her? I can't. Richard, what do you mean can't? What does that word mean? Uh, means impossible. So wait a minute. You said you read this at least once, right? Yeah. What's impossible? Well, I mean, if you got to put it that way, all things are possible. So that means you're, you're capable of doing this if you have the right heart. Yeah, but I am, but I don't know. I don't know if I really want to do that. Why don't you want to love this person, Richard? What if everybody stood up right now in this place and said, hey, buddy, sit down. We don't love you. What would that do for your fragile ego? What would that do to your heart? Well, I wouldn't like it. So what he's saying is, it's okay if it's going out, but I don't like it when it's coming in. Well, I guess I am. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. So let's start with those two commandments and work our way down. Well, up, depending on how you want to look at it. Let's start with that. 
So Richard, walking out of here tonight, walking into what you're going to walk into tomorrow morning, are you going to have a heart for God? I think so. Not the answer I was looking for, brother. When you walk into that room tomorrow morning, are you prepared to minister to the people that you're surrounded by? Or are you going to be ashamed of the gospel? You're very thankful, even proud perhaps, to do that here among you guys. Why I'm intimidated by people half my size. And it's not a thing of size, physical size. Why are you intimidated? Why are you ashamed of the gospel outside of these walls? Well, I, I guess I don't like rejection. No? Well, Jesus, you don't know what it's like to be rejected. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. That, I'll take that back. But I don't like it. Is it really about what you like and don't like, my friend? I want you to make this about me. I want you to stand head up, heart out, proclaiming Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Will you do that? And he doesn't even say, can you do that? Because you are capable and he tells me that I want to work with you. I want to work in you. But I need raw material. Ready, able, and willing. I need raw material to form what I want. I need you to be, I need to break this vessel and then reform it. Will you allow me to do that? Will you allow me to remove these things in your life that don't glorify me? It's only one answer. Two words. Yes, Lord. Are you going to do that sincerely? Will you do that sincerely? Will you say, I am willing to surrender all? With a pure heart, are you willing? I will have no other God before me. There's no parentheses. There is no subnote. There's no subtext. There's no commentary. I will have no other God before me. Are you willing? To crush, toss, burn those idols that we've set up in our lives? Are we willing to take those things that we've set up in our, at the altar to take the place of the true and living God? Are you willing? Well, how do I know they're idols? And then we're going to wrap it up. How do I know they're idols? 
Are they gold and silver, silver and gold? Are they the works of man's hand? Do they speak? Do they see? Do they smell? Do they handle? Do they walk? Do they mutter through their throat? I made this idol in my image. There's a lot of things wrong with that. So everyone who trusts in those are not trusting in the Lord. Trust. We must. We must trust in him. We must accept him as everything in our lives. We must. Are you willing? There's only one person that can answer that, and that's you. Again, free will. He gives you a choice. And just because he's allowing it doesn't mean it's okay. Again, you're going into a season where you're going to be tested. Even though Uncle Joe might have been okay last year, it may not be so good this year. Aunt Mary bakes a great cake, but she brings baggage to her with her when she brings that cake to the party. Are you prepared? Heavenly Father, we just give thanks now for uh, how you've... Uh, have you used this vessel, Father? And I just pray that my sisters, my brothers were able to look through the vessel and see you, Father. And I just pray if there was even one word that was spoken that discouraged my brother, my sister, Father, I just pray that you would just wipe it from their minds even now, Father. Not that you want them to forget what was said, but uh, what you gave me tonight, there were no words that were used for discouragement, only encouragement, Father. So I pray that my brothers, my sisters receive hope in every word that was spoken. My brothers and my sisters would not feel condemnation for any words that were said. My sisters and my brothers would know that you love them no matter what. You love us in spite of ourselves. And you are a God that loves, encourages, nourishes, protects at all times. I'm so thankful that uh, we got to sit together, Father, and, and be encouraged and encouraged by one another. So I pray, Father, that you receive the glory of all that was done and said here tonight. In the name of Jesus, our soon returning King, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming out.